Welcome to the F and Alchemy podcast, a safe space for each other and you, our fellow alchemists, created through authentic vulnerability, respect, honesty, and trust. By working through our day-to-day experiences together and being transparent and relatable, we invite you to take comfort in where you currently are in your journey, knowing you are exactly where you're meant to be, you are seen, and you are never alone. Hi, I'm Kate, claircognizant woo goddess of Violet Feather Alchemy, bringing you downloads from the spiritual world. And I'm Amy, audacious empowerment queen of Ethan Creative, daring you to unleash your creatrix. This is the Ethan Alchemy Podcast, where vulnerable synergy begets Ethan magic. Episode 4, Manifestation, Gratitude, Abundance, Oh My! Hello, Alchemist. Today, we'll be deconstructing misconceptions about manifestation and get to the soul of what it really is, and more importantly, what it's not. Let's make some magic. So I'm really excited about getting to talk about this topic today. Manifestation is something that I feel is a lot of times misunderstood. Um, It seems like whenever ideas or products or services become mainstream, their presentations kind of become misaligned with their actual source. And if we look at why that is, you just think about it. In order to become mainstream and popular to the masses, it has to appeal to just that. And so in order to serve a large group of people or to become appealing to a large group of people, a lot of times that can result in like what you had said, a bastardization of the original idea or concept. And if not like a bastardization, like a watering down of concepts and practices. And right now, currently, we're seeing it all over social media. The modern day consensus of manifestation, it really seems to be, and not to oversimplify this, but it really seems to be, you know, repeated actions or practices that result in getting something that you want. And I kind of, I chuckle, you, you know, you hear me chuckling. The irony of this is that inherently this definition will never result in the expected outcome. And so, Why is that? Well, (laughs) the answer is really simple because if you want something, it indicates lack. And that, by its very nature, keeps you from having whatever that thing is because you're already in a dearth mindset. You're focused on the lack. What you're doing, you're you're energetically sending the lack signal out to the universe. Like, it's like a beacon. It's like lack, lack, lack. And so what are you going to get back? You're going to get the lack back. And I know that's funny. (laughs) It sounds funny, but that's really what's- Baby got lack. Baby got lack, right? Like, it, it, it sounds funny, but that's really what's happening. So when the law of attraction is applied, you can easily see how this is a problem. And the other piece with with the modern kind of idea of manifestation is is I really feel like there's an underlying assumption that if you 
do something enough times, or if you're focused enough, or if you're enlightened enough, it's going to guarantee an outcome, which isn't necessarily true. So if you take these two concepts together, you're basically taking two fear-based energies, lack and force, and you're expecting them to produce love-based energies of flow and receipt. And they can't. They're antithetical energies, right? So by this modernized representation of what we're seeing manifestation, you know, which is really popular, you know, again, over all social media, if you're going on that, you're actually blocking which you're looking to receive. It's inherently contradictory. So what do you think about this? How do you define manifestation? And what is your experience with successfully creating your own reality? My definition of it is is almost more of a co-creation, right? Like a, Ooh, I a like placing that. of your order. Ooh. And if you think about like, you're going through the universal drive through and you're like, <laughs> you roll up and the universe is like, yeah, how can I help you? Like, what do you want? And you're like, well, I'd like to have X, Y, Z. And you're, and the universe is like, okay, cool. And then you drive forward and you do some sort of energetic exchange. You wait. And then the thing that you placed your order for shows up and then you drive off upon your way. and you weren't privy to the inner workings of how your order ended up in your hand, like how the food got prepared, how it got packaged up, how it got put in a bag, and how the transaction ran in the background. You were just handed your bag of food and there you went on your way. So to me, it's more of a, yeah, like a placing of your order. And and the thing that you want or desire, not necessarily like, I want and have to have that, but it's more like you being in a place of love and you being in a place of gratitude and almost, you know, recognizing what you have around you that has already been placed in your, in your presence by source and being grateful for that and you being okay with knowing like, yes, and I would like more of that gratitude. So you're asking it from a place of love and abundance. You're not asking from it from a place of, I don't have this and I need it because I need you. I need it to be filled. So desperation. You're not yeah, asking which to from me a place is, of desperation. Is lack. Yeah, like yeah, desperation lack. and lack are the same kind of thing to me, right? Because you, when you're in those energies, it is very, it's a very desperate feeling. I look at it as in that respect, like you already have to kind of put yourself in a high vibration and be in a state of gratitude in order to be open to receiving and to acknowledge the abundance that you already have and are, you know, experiencing to in turn be able to ask for more in whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is the key piece for that. Absolutely. And yeah. I also think, you know, to the drive through example is... You're asking for it and then you kind of like 
you're thinking about, like, yeah, like that burger is probably going to be really tasty or whatever, right? You know, like you're thinking of the qualities of it and you're not really like obsessing about it. You're not, as you place your order, you're not like, oh my God, I need a burger right now. Or, oh my God, I hope they place exactly three pickles equidistant from each other on the burger and then then they place the tomatoes on top and then they, it's not a demand for a, an outcome, right? A very specific outcome. It's not that. I don't think it's specific to the outcome, but I think it's specific to to the request, right? Like, if you don't want onions, be sure and say, without onions, <laughs> please and thank you, yes. right? Like, you have to be specific in a sense to give it parameters and, and kind of the, <laughs> the analogy that comes to mind. I don't know if you watch what we do in the shadows, but... I don't. There was a part where he... Is encounters a genie lamp. He rubs the lamp. The guy comes out and he asks for all these crazy wishes, but he's not very specific <laughs> in what he asks for. <laughs> and so a whole bunch of things transpire and it's, you know, comedy gold, but he's not specific about it. And so the genie like takes it very literally. He's like, well, you didn't say this or that. You just said this. And so here you go. Here's this. And it wasn't specific in the parameters of it. It was just specific in in the outcome itself. Does that make sense? It does. So it's kind of like vision. Yes. Being specific in the vision. Yes. Yeah. And for me, the way that I notice how manifestation transpires is looking back. So if I have a vision board or I've written in my journal or I've, you know, kind of mapped something out and I'm not specific about how I'm going to achieve that outcome, but I'm specific about the details. When I go back and read those those entries or if I look at a board or what have you, like that visualization has come to pass, but how it got there was not how I thought it was going to be at all. Yeah, And absolutely. also I wrote it down or I put it on a board and then I went about my fucking day and forgot about it, honestly. <laughs> like I didn't yeah. sit there and do the crazy behavior of like obsessing over it and staring at something every single day for nine hours and repeating the same obsessive compulsive thought about a thing. Like to me, isn't that the definition of crazy? Like doing the same thing over and over again and <laughs> expecting is. different results, right? Yeah. So if you're doing it in that capacity, like – that makes no sense. To me, the only time that it's really ever like truly presented itself when I go back and reflect on it is when I had a desire, I was specific about it, I put it out there, and then I fucking forgot about it, honestly. Yeah. And then it like shows up and I'm like, and I'll go back and look and be like, oh shit. Like, that like here it is. That's amazing. It's like a thing, exactly how it was in my head. Yeah. Not how I got there. But the end result. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the analogy of having it like on your computer, having windows open running in the background. Like, yeah, say, for or like instance, on your phone. Yeah. Same yeah, thing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Say, for instance, like if you were talking about, you know, using a vision board, well, you're not going to sit there, you know, 24 7 and just stare at the vision board, like sole focus. But the very fact that you have one there somewhere for your brain to notice. It's like an open window just running in the background, and eventually it's going to become, you know, current reality. And I love that. I love that. I've had great success with vision boards. I do one every year on the beginning of my year, which I start on my birthday. And almost every single year, almost 
every single thing on my vision board comes into fruition. It does. And it's not even, I don't even try. Like you said, you're specific about what images and what representations and what you're ordering, i.e. the things you're putting on your vision board, but you're not focused on the nuts and bolts and how it's happening. And I think if you can surrender to however it's going to happen, but be able to be grateful, knowing and trusting that it is happening, and then grateful for the end result of it, I think that that's what's really key about that. Yeah, I'm remaining in a state of gratitude, even when, you know, when your mind looks around and that, and your what you're seeing in your reality right now is not matching your future vision of it, still remaining in a state of gratitude. And also something that made me think about an example was in the past, I'd had someone suggest an exercise to me where you're keeping like a daily log of your finances, where they are every day, the five five things that you're grateful for. And then at the beginning of the day, when you're writing this entry in, is you're writing about events that you want to happen, but like you're specific about how they happened. And I'll give you an example. So when I started Zenbog Yoga, we were trying to figure out how we wanted to run that business and and what that would look like and who we wanted to partner with and whatever. And so that was kind of at the same time when I was doing this exercise. And I was looking back at those entries and it was like, oh, today I met with so-and-so and this actually created this contract and now we're working together and we are operating at this level. But I got so annoyed when I went back and read that several years later because I was like, that is not what fucking happened, like, (laughs) at all. It wasn't even close. Like, the relationship touch point, yes, but what actually happened out of it could not have been further from what actually transpired. And that's when I noticed that aspect of, like, manifestation and being specific and, and not attaching to the, like, how of the outcome that brought that into my awareness because I was like, oh, well, I can't fucking control that. Like that has nothing to do with it. Right. But when I looked back at other things where, and we did this when we worked together doing coaching in 2017, and, yeah. and I've done this exercise several times since, and it's actually really fun um, when you have the time and space to do it, but you write out like my, eff- my, <laughs> my fucking amazing life, right? Like, and it goes into detail about, you know, what is your home like? What is your career like? What are your resources like? What is your um, wardrobe like? What are your relationships like? What is your finances, your spirituality, like all of these things, your relationships all together? What are each of these things like in the specifics of it? But no fucking outcome to it. And I love those because I go back and I read them and I read them together with Andrew and I'm like, you know, it's to be several years later, like five yeah. years later and I'll go back and I'll read it and I'll like, I'm like, holy shit, like you have to like, let me read this to you and I'll start rattling shit off and it's like exactly yeah, like what came into fucking reality, not how it got there, but like right. that's what fucking ended up showing up yeah. in a really cool way, like a really sort of like intricately webbed way of how that actually showed up. And so when you talk about doing boards every year, like I almost love to just sit and like write that out every year and kind of like reevaluate it and go back and look. And yeah, I would say 99.9% of everything that's in there comes to pass. Yeah. 
It's crazy. It's pretty powerful. If you can take the time to do it, yeah. <laughs> that's where I get fucked up because I'm like, ah, I'll do it later. And then like, you know, three years <laughs> have passed. I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I wonder why I'm stuck and not, nothing's happening. Yeah. But you're co-creating with with Source, right? Like you're you're placing your order. Yeah. And Source is like, okay, let me orchestrate things and like put it together and then I'll hand it over to you in a bag and there you go. And you're like, cool. Thank it's you. It's like, don't worry about the behind the scenes. Yeah. Just worry about the bag I'm handing you at the end. Like, yeah. don't don't worry about that. And and become completely unattached to it. That's that's the key. The gratitude, yes, but also becoming completely unattached to it. Because, like I said, I'll write that stuff down or I'll make a vision board. And then I fucking, I put it, you know, I leave the journal on my desk or I, you know, whatever. And I start a new journal or I, you know, write down work notes or whatever in there. And then I'll go back and be flipping through it, looking for a blank page. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah, there it is. And I'll read it. And I'm like, holy fuck. There it is. I was like, dang, how did that even, oh, I totally forgot that I even wrote that. Yeah. And if I date it, that's even cooler because I'm like, fuck, that was like five years ago, (laughs) right? And like all this thing that has happened in the past five years that has come to pass is so fucking rad. I love that. So it's just being mindful of that. The one, the exercise, remaining in gratitude and being completely unattached for it. Not sitting there and fucking obsessing over like, I want a new pair of shoes. I want to, you know, I want this, these new shoes. I have to have these new shoes, these new shoes. And mine is never about shoes. I don't give a shit about shoes, but like, (laughs) I'm not just constantly 24 seven focused on these shoes. Hoping and putting all of my energy towards like I need these shoes to show up. It's like, oh, some new shoes that you know are this color and this size and this style and have this much of a heel or you know whatever, and then going about the rest of my day, yeah, and not worrying about it. And that's what that's when it shows up. Almost like the second that I forget about it, that's when it shows up. Ta-da, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. But when I obsess over it, it doesn't. And it's not going to. And this, I'm glad. I'm glad you went there because this is actually how I define manifestation. So I define it kind of in terms of being a parigraha, right? The yogic term of non-attachment. Because you're allowing yourself without condition or expectation to receive what is being prepared for you. We already, (laughs) the reality is is that everything already exists out there. Everything we could possibly conceive of or imagine or create is already there. The key is softening and allowing yourself to receive this and step into essentially a new timeline is what you're doing. The challenges and why manifestation is challenging from time to time for some people is because of of trauma, of negative beliefs that we hold, of you know our self worth not being at the highest points. We we essentially, <laughs> and this is going to be kind of crude, but we kind of essentially act as our own cock block to our highest and best reality because of these things that that get in our way, and sometimes. You know, it can be reasons such as trauma or abuse or stuff like that, or it can be, you know, beliefs we hold like fear of success, fear of failure, complacency and the comfort of complacency. We have to learn to get out of our own way about stuff, whether it be 
physically, emotionally, you know, mentally or spiritually. We have to allow ourselves to be open and prepared in a fertile ground to receive what already exists. You know, if you're putting out, if you're living in a fear-based energy, you're putting out lower vibrations, you can't expect to resonate with a higher vibration thing. It's just not possible. It's not going, again, law of attraction, it's not going to be attracted to you. So I'm really glad you brought that up about non-grasping because that's actually how I personally define manifestation as allowing and non-grasping because everything already exists. For me, it's not necessarily creating it. It's allowing it to come into my reality, like removing those blocks, digging out the shit, you know, like we talked about, you know, with the ice cream scoop and digging out all of the things that don't need to be in there to allow for the space and, again, the fertile ground for that to actually come in and become your current reality. Yeah, and you're aligning yourself into that resonance and you're aligning yourself to that higher vibration and you're, at that point, able to magnetically call those things in. If you're in that state of lack or you're in that state of grasping and trying to kind of manually pull it in, you're repelling it that much more. <laughs> you're yeah. just you're pushing it away the thing that you, you know, feel like you you want or, you know, desire. And it's such a it's such a basic thing, but it's so complicated in the sense of our brains try to work it out and we need to just kind of let it go. The brain needs to move out of the way. Yeah. The, <laughs> the brain, brain needs the to, brain like, needs to go have take a, a snack. snack. <laughs> have your snack. Have your snack and go Watch sit in the your corner, show please. With your juice box and just chill out and you know, let the adults handle it. But like <laughs> You know, it, it goes both ways, right? Like, and talking, dabbling a little bit in law of attraction. But beyond that, you know, if you're sitting there in the state of lack or you're sitting there in a state of need, you're just pulling more of that in. Just as much if, if you raise your vibration, you're magnetizing higher vibrational existence. So it goes both ways. Absolutely, it does. Something else that I think is really important that goes along with the gratitude piece really, really nicely is the abundance piece of that and appreciating all of the forms that abundance can take. Because I think we can sometimes just get locked in on abundance. Oh, financial dollars. Like, you know, and that that is a component of abundance, but it's not all of the varieties of abundance you can have. You can have emotional abundance. You can have spiritual abundance. Health. Health. I like to kind of look at it as like an abundance pie, right? Like, or a pizza. There's 360 degrees, and at all times, you always have a 360-degree pizza, but you may decide that, you know, today I feel like a half and half, like I'm going to do half pepperoni and half cheese. Well, the half pepperoni is your abundance in cash and the half cheese is your, you know, your abundance in trade 
I often work with three different kinds of abundance, particularly with regards to finances personally. So there's obviously cash form of abundance. And then the other two forms, one of them is trade of like services or just basic energetic trade between you and another entity. And then the other group of that is communication or connecting, which is Overall, can be described as like networking. What kind of energetic exchanges are you forging and solidifying with people in your field or your industry or that can be benefited or be a benefit to you by whatever it is you're doing? And if you look at your pie as always just a changing feast of different slices of pizza, no, you're always going to have a full pie. You're never lacking. And looking at it in terms of you always have a full pie no matter what, so you can supplement. Let's say that you might be short on some, some hard cash. You can supplement that. Well, okay, I'm going to fill the rest of my abundance pie with making really strong connections that are going to open doors and abundance opportunities over here. Or you can say, okay, well, maybe I'm feeling a little bit like I need just time to myself for a couple weeks. I'm not going to focus on creating connections. I'm going to focus on bringing in dollar bills through the door, or I'm going to focus on maybe doing a one-on-one trade with somebody that's going to be beneficial for both of the parties in the trade. But it's the energetic exchange of the abundance is what's important. And that's how it maintains a homeostasis and is always a whole pie. The percentage of, of the energetic exchange types may vary, but you're always going to have a whole abundant pie. I love that analogy because it really helped me reframe how I viewed money and how I viewed an abundance and how abundance, not only financial abundance can take different forms, but it also reminded me like I could have five pizzas, right? One of them can be emotional. One of them can be finance. One of them can be spiritual. You can have multiple pizzas and they're all going to be whole. And that's where the true abundance comes in. And they're all delicious, and you're grateful for the delivery person who brought them to Yes, you, and you tip source. them well. <laughs> and you're always leading it back to gratitude. I right. mean, in those relationships, in those connections, in that actual physical cash, in those those networking opportunities, or even just looking around your physical surroundings, like finding gratitude in those things, but also finding gratitude in the fact that you just fucking exist in the first place and that you woke up and that you could take a breath. Like if you want to get down to like the basic fucking level of it is that you're always reminding yourself to remain in that space. And another thing is when you're looking at an abundance pie, let's say, and you're taking stock of kind of where you are in that process or whatever that division is, that yeah, if you called and placed your order, <laughs> let's just say you called and placed your pizza order, right? We'll get out of the drive-thru. We'll just get on the internet and and order your pizza. But that there is a lag time between when you place your order and when it actually shows up. And in that void is where it can get difficult to maintain the gratitude and it can get difficult to maintain the vision. And that's where like an actual physical representation with a vision board helps because you're seeing it and you're being 
visually reminded of something that's running in the background, but that you have to find comfort in the void. And that's where it gets extremely uncomfortable is like from the moment of placing the order until when it's delivered, that gap of time is there for a reason, even though it sometimes can feel like it might swallow you up or for me, like I'm super impatient. So I'm like, this is taking too long. You know, it's not working on my timeline. <laughs> like, universe is like, fuck you. I don't care about your timeline. It's not my timeline. But in that void is when it's it's a really important to do that work of remaining in gratitude because that void is there for a reason. Let's say if manifestation is I'm having a thought, which is a energetic impulse, and that's creating a magnetic reaction that's pulling that thing in. There has to be a gap in time because that means that any fucking thought that you had at any time, like the Bruce Almighty example, right? Yes. Or if you just had a random thought like, well, what if there is a polar bear sitting in this room like eating ice cream and then like universe is like, all right. And then like all of a sudden a fucking polar bear eating an ice cream shows up in your room and then it fucking eats you. And like, <laughs> and then that's it. And then there's total fucking chaos. Like, yeah, just those things are, are taking an amount of time for a reason. And whatever that reason may be, sometimes it's hard to see and understand at the time, especially when you talk about like traumatic things and, and really – powerful experiences is that you have to find comfort and and gratitude in the void and it's there to protect you from calling in any crazy fucking thing that you think about on any given day at any given time because our brains are just a runaway train and the intention behind that has to remain pure so I think that's where in the modern day like explanation of it is that that gets intertwined the obsessiveness gets intertwined with like holding the intention. Yeah. Because the intention is totally different than the expected outcome. The intention behind something is what actually creates the groove. It's what creates the fucking fire. It's what creates the fucking opening of the path. That lays the fucking groundwork for it being able to be called in. Yeah, I like that analogy a lot. Like that that actually that distinction makes a lot of sense. And the other piece of that and you're talking about in the waiting period between the time you you place your pizza order and the time it shows up <laughs> at your door, that's where the trust piece comes in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. do you trust yourself? Do you trust the universe? Do you do you trust the process basically? And I know for me, throughout my life, I've had a lot of trust issues. And so for me, that's something that I have to work really hard at, that when I place an order, that I soften and allow and I trust. And that's something that's that's a really huge piece for me. And something that a big trust point for me with that is that I may not be ready for what I'm asking for. And that's what that incubation period that you're talking about or that order wait period that you're talking about is because it would be so disheartening if you ordered something, you ordered your polar bear and it showed up in your room and you weren't ready for it, right? Just like you just kind of explained. It's like you have to be ready for your order. Yeah, totally. Sometimes we just aren't ready to receive the things at that point in time that we know 
are part of our journey. We're just not ready yet. And so we have to wait for them and trust through that wait and be patient through that wait and know that it's going to arrive when it's meant for us. Yeah. And when I talk about it or I think about manifesting and co-creating and all those things, you know, a vision board or a past journal entry or whatever, like it's more conceptual in what I'm desiring. It's not materialistic. Yeah. Or it's an experience. Mm -hmm. It's more of that. It's not necessarily, like I said, with the shoes, it's not like and and I think and I think it can work on that level too. I'm not discounting it at all. Like if you want the red Schwinn bicycle, like <laughs> go for it. Get it. That's great. You know, work towards that. Yeah, but absolutely. For me, it's always more conceptual. It's about creating a space that contains these things. Yes. And I don't mean things like tangible material things. I mean like with a vision board that I made a couple years ago. You know, a couple of things on there were travel destinations and, and trips and things like that or places that I want to go and see. And I I fully believe that they're going to happen. I don't have any doubt about that. And even some surprises along the way, right? But one of them I had was a picture of a baby, you know, on a on a big poster board. Among, among other things, there was a little baby kind of like when they're newborn and they're on their bellies and they're kind of curled up and like passed out and really cute. But like... I had that on there and given everything that happened, I, I would I hadn't been in that place for a very long time. And then when I was making that, I think I just saw that and I stuck it on there. And honestly, even when I put it on there, I wasn't like, yes, like a baby, like that's what I want. You know what I mean? It it wasn't anything like that. It was just like, well, it's a cute baby. And like, you know, okay, fine, I'll put that on there. Cause like, you know, maybe it was a nephew or a, a niece or a friend or something, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was something like that at the time. And then fast forward, you know, obviously had Jack and he's such a joy and, and I still have it. It's right. I showed you when you came over, like it's by my bed. I have it there. The picture of the baby is still on there and a couple of things up high that are out of reach, but everything like in his arms reach, he's like ripped off of my vision board. He's just destroying your <laughs> he's dreams. He's just like fucking ripped it to shreds. <laughs> like he'll like peel something off and like hand it to me. I'll wad it up. And I'm like, that's cool. I didn't want to, you know, do that anyways. Like, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, like, salvage it and, like, you know, like, straighten it out. And, like, can I put it back on there? Like, tape it back together or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'll just let it go. Like, it's yeah. not a big deal. You know, it was just a picture of a yoga room or something, you know, which we have a space for, so it's not a big deal. But it's interesting to me to think about that analogy because, one – like I said, I, I put that on there, but I was not anywhere near, I mean, maybe some sort of subconscious level, right? Like I clearly put it on there for a reason, but I didn't obsess about it. And I didn't, you know, day to day say, I'm ready for another baby. I want to have another baby. Like today, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of happened. I put it out there even subconsciously. <laughs> like I wasn't even super <laughs> intentional about it. And it and it came to pass. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is like if I I placed an order in in a sense, kind of forgot about it, and then like now he's here, yeah. you know. So, and I have to create a new dream because he tore up all my other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll do a family one that um, isn't going to be ripped to shreds. But 
it's kind of funny too because it's like letting go of that, you know? Like now I'm in a different phase. I'm in a different season of life and it's time for a different vision and that's okay. I think that's always going to change because you're always shifting and growing and entering into new timelines, right? Like your vision board, I don't think should ever stay the same. Like I think it's important that it's always changed and new and redone and rethought out. And that kind of goes along with self-evaluation. Like check in with yourself. Are these things still important to me? What do I see for myself? You know, I think that that's a check-in from time to time with yourself is a good thing. If if we're not doing that, we probably could benefit from doing that. <laughs> yeah. And taking stock again in gratitude, like when you go back and reevaluate or you kind of do like a a recap of any given time, it's like, okay, that did present itself to me and I'm so grateful for it and wouldn't have it any other way, regardless of how it ended up getting there. Are there any other tools you use? Like we talked about vision boards. Is there anything else that you find really helpful in facilitating new realities for yourself? Calling in all of my witches. Yes. Connecting with shamanic women, guides, spiritual leaders, channels. That's where I plug into it on a different realm of existence. Mm-hmm. And those are super potent. Those yeah. are very powerful. And remaining in alignment physically, I do acupuncture religiously. I think that that even is what made it possible for me to have Jack put me in that place of healing my body, my mind, my spirit, and releasing a lot of things. Working with people who are really potent with energy clearing, energy channels, all of those things. Yoga always tapping into Ayurveda. Mm-hmm which is um, my newest venture of exploration. Yeah, I don't know. Doing a session with Jenny O going to the underworld every once in a while. (laughs) 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 Just doing some crazy drum circle and going to talking to my ancestors in the fucking underworld and see what they have to say Um, of what's, you know, of what's going to, present itself and and what not even what's supposed to present itself but what to prepare myself for yeah I think it's more all of those things like you said like you have to be prepared for what is going to show up of what you've called in and that's again the work in the void is am I going to be at this level of existence to be able to accept what arrives for me that I've called in and can I hold it? Can you hold it? Can I yeah. hold it? Can I hold space for it? Can I embrace it? Can I exist within it? Can I maintain it? And can I shift my reality fully into that? Yeah. Those are all very important components of this for sure. And some moon stuff and crystals and <laughs> and essential oils and all of the things. You know. Yeah, you know. Take what we can we'll get. We'll just take all, all of the things. <laughs> all of the things. Yeah. 
I too do a lot of clearing out, like emotional clearing out, physical clearing out. I'm a sound practitioner. And so I use sound therapy and sound vibrations, singing bowls to be able to use the resonance to clear out energies. So when I'm looking to create a new reality, I, I I sometimes treat my bowls more like drums. And when you were talking about, you know, beating on a drum, I, I beat the crap out of my bowls respectfully, of course, but I, I really, I use them to clear out vibrationally through my body what is no longer serving me. I actually take stock and I work through each of my chakras. Hey, what's going on in, in my third chakra? What's going on in my seventh chakra? What do I need to take a look at? And, and clear out um, to be able to make space to be able to receive what beliefs am I hanging on to right now that are, again, cock blocking, you know, my abundance? What is it? What is it that I need to do? So I love that you brought that up. It's making the space to, again, allow yourself to receive what is already there for you. I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And that all goes back to, being in touch with your body. Yes, the physical intelligence. If you're feeling a blockage in any part of your body and you're disconnected or an emotion is resonating and not passing through or processing, that in turn is also blocking you from being able to call something in Yes, and it arriving to you. But that level of awareness that you have to have around that so that you notice yourself where you need to do the clearings, where you need to do the work to prepare yourself and prepare your body for what's to come. Today, we took a look at manifestation and how to get out of our own way. What challenges and successes have you had with manifestation? Join us on the next episode where we'll look at how to discern the difference between intuitive gut feelings and acting upon fear. Until then, stay effing magical. Ready to create more magic? For additional episodes and insights, go to effinalchemy.com. E-F-F-I-N-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com.